my series on uh, just the questions of Paul in the book of Galatians. There was an idea that just kept resonating with me. I kept thinking about this, this word seasons. Like, I don't know why. It just was something that started me. It was funny. Um, I called my brother-in-law this week because he's a pastor in Kentucky and he puts a, a weekly post on Facebook of, he calls his meanderings because he's got a doctorate. So he's got to use big words that people don't understand. Like, just say your thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Like, anyway, that's besides the point. And his was all about seasons. I mean, he wrote about it and I said, that's compelling to me because that's what God is stirring in me. Uh, you know, just a few days ago, I guess just a little over a week ago, we switched from summer to fall. We had the, the harvest moon and the autumnal equinox. The, the leaves are changing colors and the days are getting shorter. The mornings are getting cooler. We're surrounded by the reality of seasons. Walmart has aisles and aisles of Christmas already. You know it's fall when Walmart has Christmas items up at Walmart. What's that? Late summer. I mean, anyway, um, but in life, it's not just winter, spring, summer, and fall. Thank you, James Taylor. If anyone knows him, you can sing that with me. Uh, but that's besides the point. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. But in life, there's also many seasons that we go through. We have infancy and childhood and being a teenager and then being an adult and then being a middle-aged adult, and then being like an old adult, and then being an elder. You know what I'm saying? Like we go through these seasons in life. We go from a time of, of dependence to a time of independence. And then, guys, we get married and we go to another season of dependence. And then we, we have another season of independence. And then we get old and we go back to a season of dependence. I mean, it's just the way it works in us, in our lives. In my, my wife and I's life right now, we're learning a new season or a new season of seasons. It's called volleyball season and basketball season and wrestling season and football season and track season. And then we get to the summer and it's pool season for our family. You know what I'm saying? Like so much about our lives is defined by by seasons. No matter where we're at, we're we're in a season and seasons. You know, we we read that that well, I'll read a definition. Uh, Marion Webster says a season is a time characterized by a particular circumstance or feature. Like so many times we see seasons defined by, by circumstances or features. So like the seasons of the year we have, they're defined by what? The position of, of the sun or the earth with regard to the position of the sun. So we have solstices and equinoxes that define the seasons. It's a circumstance or feature that defines seasons. That's biblical, right? Genesis, we were just reading. I'm not working yet, so if you can get me to the next slide, that'd be perfect. Genesis chapter 1 in, in men's Bible study this week. God said, look at this, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them do what? Serve as signs to mark sacred times. That says sacred times. I should have used a different translation because my Bible says seasons. He set the sun and the moon in the sky to mark seasons and days and years. Seasons are, are a part of us. They're a part of life. Some are defined by circumstance and some are defined by situation. Some are defined by the, the sun and the earth and some are defined by where we're at in life. But, but seasons 
are a reality. There's a writer we're going to look at this morning. We're going to read some verses that many of you probably can either quote or sing because Tam said the birds. She reminded me, I guess, in chorus, they were singing this song and they sing a song that kind of goes along the lines of what we're seeing. So we've got James Taylor so far in the birds. If you're, you know, over my age, this is a good day. Um, if you're under my age, you don't know what I'm talking about. Birds don't just sing in trees, but they used to be a band that sang songs. Um, that's besides the point. Um, but anyway, so we're going to read some verses today that are by uh, a character or uh, a figure in Scripture. Um, this guy, we see a lot of him in, in the Old Testament. Uh, he was a profound member or, or, or just a figure in the Old Testament. Uh, Solomon is who we're going to talk about. And Solomon really wrote books that came about from different seasons in his life. So if you've ever read the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon, that was a book that Solomon wrote in his early years of life. And if you read it, you're going to understand the why there. Okay? Um, if, if you read the book of Proverbs, that was a book that Solomon wrote in the middle period of his life. And then there's a book that we're going to look at today, just a part of this book. It's the book of Ecclesiastes. And Solomon wrote this, they think, in the later years of his life. And so I want to read just, the, it's the second line, but it's the beginning of his book. And tell me how, if you pick up a book and you read this, this is, you're going to say, I can't wait to read this book. He says, um, in, it says, Solomon starts this by saying, meaningless, meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. I don't know about you, but I'm not too inclined to read the rest of the story. Right? I mean, when someone starts with meaningless, meaningless, guess what they're telling me? If everything is meaningless, utterly meaningless, then the book that they're writing is meaningless. I mean, if, if you were an author and you were coming to me, I'd tell you, you just told me not to read this because it's worthless. Solomon was at a position in his life. I want to read about his position as it was described in my study Bible. It says, the accumulative effect of Solomon's spiritual decline, his idolatry in life and self-indulgence, indulgence, left him at the end disillusioned with pleasure and materialism as a way to happiness. This book that, that of Ecclesiastes really kind of is a rebuke on Solomon of, of life. He's older, he's, he's in his latter years, and he's looking back. And if you know Solomon's story, what did Solomon do? Powerful things. He was the king, remember? He rebuilt, or he built the temple. He was considered What? The wisest man in all the land. He had riches that, that we can't even comprehend when we put them in the context of today. And he's looking back. And he says, meaningless. Meaningless. Like utterly Meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Seasons. We defined seasons by events or circumstances. And it's interesting, when I looked at that word seasons in Scripture, 
I had a different translation there on the screen that mine said, many times when the word season occurs in Scripture, it's also translated as an appointed time. There's something powerful when we stop looking at seasons based on, 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 on circumstance or features, but we start looking at seasons as appointed times in our lives. Solomon was, was looking back and saying to himself, I believe he's saying to himself, I missed the appointed times that were. Talked about what his idolatry and self-indulgence and what kind of happened in his life. He's looking back and saying, guess what? I missed the appointed times, the appointed seasons in my life. Listen to these words that he writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die. To every season. Turn, turn, turn. I'm sorry, that was my bird's reference. Um, There is a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace in a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time for love, and a time for hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. And if we went back to the beginning of my, my sermon, there's a time for football, and there's a time for volleyball, there's a time for wrestling, and there's a time for, for, for whatever else. There's a time for growing, there's a time for maturing, there's a time for dependence, and there's a time for independence. What does he say? He says, I see. Now again, Solomon might have struggled. He might have had problems, but he was still full of wisdom when he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And he's saying, when I look back, I see the reality that there's constant seasons in our life. Not just seasons, but there's a consistent appointed time in your life. And what I want to say this morning, and what I want you to hear, is that the moment you're living is an appointed time of God. The season you're in right now, I don't care if it's a season uh, of joy or a season of sadness. I don't care if it's a season of toil or a season of relaxation. The season that you are living in is an appointed season of God. Too often we don't see God in the season in which we're living. Too often we don't recognize what God is doing in the midst of our moment. The season you are living right now, this day, no matter what it is, no matter where you related to, in the book of Ecclesiastes or what Pastor Steve said at the beginning, that season is appointed of God. It's an appointed time from God. You know, honestly, as, as we have what we experienced in worship, tongues and interpretations, Pastor, I always just listen and, and try to figure this out. And there was one moment in that that kind of bugged me, honestly. Can I be honest? And it's where, because I always like to talk about what, what God did with the Israelites. He promised to go before them and come behind them. But what was the message this morning? I'm not going before you or coming behind you. And I'm like, wait a minute. But I'm going by you. And so what pastor does when I hear something like that, I start to filter it. Right? 
um, because I want to make sure that we're in line with the word of God. I trust Andy or whoever delivers that. But my job is to make sure there's discernment exercise at that moment. And if it's contrary to scripture, then I have to correct it. And so I'm wrestling with this. Like, what does this mean? But the reality then of my message came to my heart. And Solomon was telling people that there is an appointed time. And I want to tell you that there is a time in your life, the season in which you are, and God is absolutely with you. We're going to get to looking ahead and looking back in just a little bit. But the reality is that the season you're living, God is there. What does Solomon say in his wisdom as he continues in Ecclesiastes chapter 3? Still not working. What do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden of God laid on the human race. He's made everything beautiful when it's time. He's also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know there's nothing better for people than to be happy and do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of their toil. This is the gift of God. God has a gift for you in your appointed season this morning. I know that everything God does will endure forever and nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Solomon is saying that when we look at these seasons, we need to recognize God in the season. I'm going to share this. We were at the funeral home on Thursday. Uh, Cheryl's mom passed away this week, and we were over there, and and I really felt like this was an important moment. Because so often, we're not looking for God in our seasons, We're looking at our season and our surroundings and we're missing what he's doing. And I told Cheryl, and I still believe it, I told Mike, and I still believe it, that God is moving in the midst of this season. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And if there is, that God is with her in that moment. And too often we're too worried about what's coming or about what was that we miss what God is doing right now. In your appointed season, in the season you are living, God is with you. He said He wants to walk with you hand in hand in this moment, yet we miss all that God is doing because we don't see it as appointed of Him. How do I know this? Well, when I read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, this is what stands out to me. God is in control. We use a big church word. God is sovereign. The sovereignty of God is revealed. He has made everything beautiful in His time. What does that say? That includes Walt. I had to pick on him for your sake, Jim. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done From beginning to end. Too often we lose sight of a God that is in control in the midst of our season. I talk about solstices and equinoxes like I'm smart. I looked it up on Google this week, okay? 
days and hours and how the earth doesn't go flying out in the middle of the universe. The God who was and and always will be, he created it all. And at times we wonder if he knows what's going on with the season that we're in. He said eternity in the hearts of men. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. The same one that created the universe created the atom. Like, we think that we're going to always get it. We're going to always understand it. And we're good at telling him that we need to be in a different season. But if we trust, if we trust that this is an appointed time, that this is a divine season for our life, that God has put me in this moment at this time for a particular reason, if we recognize that God is sovereign and he's in control, he makes good things beautiful, right? No. He makes everything beautiful in its time. I want to say to someone, the season you're in, God desires to make beautiful in its time. I don't care how hard that is. In just a second, we're going to see that he said those who have joy in in a season of toil, it's a gift from God. God is in control. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So what do we do? I know that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat, drink, and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. See, the world tells us that we're going to find happiness in our seasons. We're trying to find happiness in a lot of ways. I will promise you, you cannot find happiness that is joy and contentment apart from Jesus Christ. You cannot find happiness Apart from God. So in the midst of your season, in the midst of where you're living, I desire my encouragement as a pastor is that you would find God. I promise. If we believe that he's in control, if we believe that these are appointed times, that he is there in the midst of your season. And maybe he's right walking right next to you and you don't even notice it. Maybe he's been carrying you and you have no idea. God is in your season. Sometimes he's in your season through profound things and you see him everywhere. Sometimes it's subtle things like sunrises and rainbows. Sometimes it's the people of God who call you up randomly and say, you are on my heart. He uses so many things in the midst of your season. promise you, if you want to be content in your season, if you want to have happiness in your fall or your winter or your summer or your spring, find God. Start seeing all that he's doing. The one who I talked about created the universe and created the atom, the one who spoke all that we see into existence is moving in your life. It's the goodness of God. He desires for you to recognize. How do you not have joy in knowing God is in control and I can see him in this appointed season? Sometimes it may be hard. David at times in his, in his, in his psalms, we hear him cry out to God, what? God, I don't see you at all. Where are you at? 
But those psalms always end in praise. If you don't see God in your season, look for Him and find Him. And He will bring happiness. It says in Scripture that they'll find satisfaction in what? In all their presence. In all the blessings. He's going to bring satisfaction even in the midst of all the toil, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the trials. God's gift to you is that when you find Him in this moment, and I'm not saying it makes the season easier. I'm not saying it makes the toil lighter. But I'm saying there is joy and peace in finding God in the midst of the season that I'm living. Solomon in his wisdom says, to recognize God's in control, find God. In Ecclesiastes 3.14, I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken from it. God does it so that people will fear Him. I recognize God's in control and I find God in the midst of my season. I just need to trust Him. I just need to say, okay, God, I trust you. It doesn't matter how dark the valley of the shadow of death seems. It doesn't matter how much work I'm doing. It doesn't matter how this mountain looks like one that I'm never going to overcome. It doesn't matter that this season seems like it's never going to end. All that matters is I know that I know that I know that my God is in control. And so I'm just going to walk with you in this. I'm going to trust you. But see, we laugh about Walmart. You know, what I, what I find interesting about Walmart is there's a bunch of aisles about Halloween and then there's a bunch of aisles about Christmas. And I think there was one little end cap that I had to look for about Thanksgiving. Like, we just skip seasons altogether. How many you know in life? Think about your life. Solomon is talking about the end of his life. You know, when I was a kid, I couldn't wait till I was big. I used to look at all the people that were big and I just wanted to be big like them. Okay? And then when I got to the realization that I was going to be big, then I decided I wanted to do this fun thing called drive. And so that's all that I could worry about was that I was going to get to drive. And then once I could get to drive, guess what I thought about? I want to, I want to graduate and get out of high school. And so I lived in that season of, of what's coming. And then it was, I don't just want to get out of high school, but I want to go to college, and then I want to get a degree, and then I want to get married, and then I want to have kids. And then we're living for what's coming. I want to get a promotion, and we're living for what's coming. We're not living in the season. We're looking at what comes ahead and what goes behind us. You know what I'm saying? Like we always think the next season is good. Have you ever noticed people? They can't wait for summer to be here and then they can't wait for it to leave. They can't wait for winter to come and then it snows once and they're talking about summer again. In spring, all we can think about is the harvest and at the harvest, all we can think about is sowing. Isn't it funny how we can't live in the season in which we are and we can't find God in the moment that we're in, but we're always compelled by what was or what is, is coming? Your season is an appointed season. The season you're living in today, whatever is going on, whether you want to call it fall, whether you want to call it spring, I don't really care. God 
appointed it. We can't fathom. We can't comprehend the God that has been here from beginning to end. And how the God that's been here from beginning and end, you know what I was thinking about in worship? Um, and you guys can get ready because I'm just about finished. I don't know what you're singing. I was thinking about in this room, all the voices. I don't know why, but then I started thinking about how does God hear my voice in the midst of all these voices? You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes there's things that are hard for us to fathom. There's things for us hard to understand. But then I, you know what God reminded me of? When I go to the school, because of seasons of my life and I got kids, and I go to a concert and there's 20 kids singing on the stage, guess whose voice I can hear? And it's not just because they're the loudest either. I can hear my kids' voices. And the reality that God, there may be lots of people singing in lots of places this Sunday. There may be lots of songs and lots of words. And I don't even fathom how God hears me. I don't fathom how He's present with me. But He is. I am. I will always be. That's who he says he is. This morning, in the midst of your season, as we have just a little bit of time of of reflection, a little bit of time before we get to eat, drink, and be merry, that's in Ecclesiastes 2, I believe. There's other places as well, but that's... Before we get there, I want a happy people. Not happy because of the circumstance, not happy because of the season, but happy because of the one who is with us in the midst of our season. And so as we spend a little bit of time in worship, as we spend a little bit of time reflecting, I want you to consider, what is my season? As you identify your season... Good, bad, challenging, easy, whatever it might be. Do you trust that God's in control? Can you see how God is in the midst of your season? If you struggle to do that, I want to encourage you to look for Him. He says, seek me and you will find me. I believe that God wants to see, He wants you to see where He is in the midst of your season. When you seek Him and find Him, I believe that God brings a joy or contentment to our hearts and lives. And then we can trust Him even when the seasons change. No matter what is coming. Because my God is with me. Father, this morning, is an appointed time. It's a time that was designed by you for us. For some in this room in this room today, God, it was a time for them to recognize maybe open our eyes 
change our perspective. God, maybe there's some in this room that they've been resenting the season in which they're living. They're just looking at all the problems. They're looking at all the issues. They're looking at all the challenges. They're looking at all the darkness. They're looking at all the devastation. They're looking at all the work. But God, you're crying out to them, I am with you. You're saying, I'm in control. God, as we're in this room today, as we have time to to think, to meander, let us recognize you. I pray that in our appointed seasons, the reality that you are in control, even when we wonder, can compel us to find you and trust you. And that you would fill us, God, with a joy and a peace, with a happiness and a contentment that we have not known. Why? Because of who you are. God, I pray that you help us. You speak to us. You reveal to us what we need to find. Help us, Lord to find you in Jesus name as we're doing this time I'll also open the altar up if you have an issue or situation in your life as your pastor I'll be here to pray with you if you want to seek someone out and pray with them that's great as well your season is appointed by God find him and trust him He's in control. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you find him. Amen?